Welcome to the BMJ Podcast. This week we hear why a diagnosis of personality disorder isn't necessarily as hopeless as many patients and doctors worry it might be. But first, the UK's government has launched a Dementia Challenge. I'm joined on the line by Carol Brain, who's a Professor of Public Health Medicine at the University of Cambridge and one of the authors of the latest article in our Too Much Medicine campaign, this time all about dementia. Carol, thanks for taking the time to talk to us this afternoon. Thanks for inviting me. Now, the government's uh, you know, announced a big push um, to diagnose dementia more widely in the population. I think up to something like they want 160,000 extra uh, cases diagnosed. And GPs are starting to be incentivized for this. Given your article talking about the problems of overdiagnosis of dementia, what's your biggest fear about this big push? I suppose the biggest fear is that there'll be an effort which is driven by by the desire to increase the numbers in tick boxes and that it won't be something that, that provides benefit to people in need of support and, uh, and care. Um, I think it's important to, um, to perhaps highlight the issues of um, the, the terminology, which has been very confusing, and um, the terms timely and early have been used. The article that, um, the, the BMJ article, covers really the creep towards um, earlier and earlier diagnosis, so pre, pre-diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, the government's push is to uh, screen for existing uh, diagnoses of dementia, so people with dementia as opposed to pre-dementia states. So it is a rather confused field at the moment. If we move towards biological measurements and um, neuro- neuropsychological profiles, which are thought to be profiles that indicate more risk for mm-hmm. individuals, um, then we're likely to identify very many more people than um, would be identified at the moment, or even with um, a push to identify people with existing dementia. It seems like the um, the current push in all the the uh, media and the speeches that have been made by Cameron and Jeremy Hunt and things, there's no talk about different pathologies that might lead to uh, an end diagnosis of dementia um, or any of the as you say you know the the difference between um, pre-dementia something like mild cognitive impairment um, and and then Alzheimer's do you think this is a lack of clarity on the government's part I I think the clarity is the, the lack of clarity is partly um, an, an enthusiasm um, because I, I think the politicians and um, charities are quite understandably very concerned about people who report long delays and great distress in getting a diagnosis and those people um, who come to who, who, you know, who report to the charities those kinds of experiences um, would like to see that eliminate, eliminated altogether and I think there's a sense that um, applying these methods at primary care will address that and a step back from that in the cool sort of public health <laughs> approach way would say mm, actually that's moving that's that's moving a step too fast um 
So there's a very great difference between being sensitive to and uh, usual diagnostic, good usual diagnostic practice within a primary care setting and uh, uh, actively seeking um, seeking out a problem where people are not, are not uh, where there doesn't appear to be a problem already there. Of course. Now, um, as I said earlier, GPs are now going to be incentivized. I think practices are getting about 3,600 to, uh, to perform wider testing on their their patient populations. So given that this is probably going to happen in some way or another, what do you think would be the the best course for, you know, a GP, perhaps a, a, an individual GP? I think the really important thing from a GP's point of view is, is, is the assessment of, on the basis of their experience and the evidence that they have read, do they feel that the, the person in front of them and their family will benefit or be harmed by the diagnosis by, by going through the diagnostic process and also making sure that that person is aware of if the GP does think that it's worth testing that person because of what they have heard and seen, then what the consequences might be. And I think one of the very legitimate concerns, which which I think the government is very well aware of, and there's a, um, a, a lot of attention to this because it's seen as a gap, is the support after diagnosis. And I think many GPs feel it's not there's not that much after diagnosis to support people and so it's not not that helpful so I, I do think that in the current situation that uh, GP getting a sense of of how that person what that person's context is and uh, what might what might be the good things that come out of a, of going through the diagnostic process whether it be negative or positive at the end or um, or what might be the disbenefits in terms of perhaps destabilizing a, a stable situation mm. um, uh, with an unwelcome process um, when in fact people are coping quite well. Um, and uh, try, from my own perspective, I ask, clearly that's not based on, I'm not, I'm not saying that on the basis of evidence, I'm saying that in the absence of the evidence of a tri- from a trial, what I'd like to see is um, the rolling out if, with a policy like this, that if we could roll it out in an experimental manner, I did want to say something about the numbers, um, the estimated numbers for GPs. This is based on data and uh, prevalence studies that we did 20 years ago, the current estimates. So there is a there is a um, uh, new data out from our own studies about a reduction in the uh, age-specific prevalence of dementia. And so the numbers do need a very careful look um, to make sure that we're not overestimating the number expected in any any one area. It's interesting uh, when you talk about the numbers there, the baseline's been taken quite a long time ago. Um, given the change in things like uh, the focus that uh, many GPs have had on cardiovascular health surely will have an effect on, on you know, uh, dementia numbers as well later down the line. Well, you might like to reference our Lancet paper, which received quite a bit of coverage, uh, which is... Um, Revisiting so the estimates for that are being used now are largely derived from the uh, study that uh, that we ran called the MRC Cognitive Function and Aging Study in the early 90s. That that drove those, those estimate estimates. So that so that's a long time ago. And we re- repeated the study in three of three of the English geographical areas uh, that we'd been in, and tried to well we held the methods as steady as we could, and it shows a substantial. Drop. So the estimates for the number of people expected to have dementia are the same now as they were then. The actual absolute numbers 
and despite the aging of the population. So the, um, all of the dementia prevalence calculators uh, that are used now are using the old data, which overestimates the uh, number of people expected to have frank dementia. Mm. That's very interesting. Now, um, if we just go back to policy, which is obviously related to this, I mean, there's been a call to get memory clinics um, set up in every sort of major location in every town. Now, is there any benefit to that, do you think, at all? Or is that just going to be funds that could be better spent in um, other services for people who, who have a, a positive diagnosis of dementia? If one has to use, put in a memory service because that's policy and, that, and therefore it's got to be done, how to complement and support the service integration that might or might not already exist. Mm. So to try to tailor what's done to not, in order not to provide, um, as it were, a perturbation of the system in a way that isn't helpful to try to... Because if you've got to do it, you want to do it in the most useful way. And the same thing in the public health community. This is the approach that's been taken with the vascular checks. To implement those is to take the best evidence that there is for the individual components, such as diabetes or uh, heart disease, and try to support the best evidenced part of it. Mm. So I think it's 